Medicare for all. Your bros can suck my balls. Fuck your reply, guys. Please don't fuck your reply, guys. Just listen to Reply Guys. Hello and welcome back to Reply Guys. The leftist feminist comedy podcast for the rest of us. I am Kate Willett. And I'm Julia Clare. Oh, wait. Okay. So I... I know we have to talk about some important stuff today, but I there was something really funny that I want to tell you. Okay. That I, okay. J- Jimmy Dore, he went and spoke at like an an, like a, an anti-union event um, for uh, like Teachers for Choice. It's just teachers that don't want there to be a teachers union. Um, I just seem like really amazed to the degree that these people, and by these people, I mean like the people that just made their entire thing hating liberals. I mean, I'm not saying you can't hate liberals. You can, but like ultimately, you know, there's got to be something else under your politics. I feel like that stuff is just what happens when you're like, you're, you base your entire worldview on just reacting to the news yeah. each day. You know, got to read a book, man. I don't maybe that's elitist, but... I don't know. What read it? No, it is not elitist to say read a book. <laughs> <laughs> I will go so far as to say uh, it's not elitist. There's a lot of books you can read that are not that hard. So, dude, I honestly have been reading a lot of theory over the past, I don't know, year or so. But I feel like what has inspired me personally to read theory is just like all the like socialist men that have told me just ridiculous stuff and said that it was Karl Marx who said it or whatever. Do you know that Karl Marx actually says nothing about any, what a woman is supposed to do sexually or whatever. He has like no opinion on it. Engels has some views on, you know, uh, marriage and stuff but it's interesting because his whole take is like yeah like men have been allowed to like fuck around forever like maybe in communism you know women will just be able to uh get to do what men do and not fuck around necessarily but like the you know there's just there'll be that power dynamic of like guy has all the economic power and a relationship will be removed you know yeah but Man, it's funny because it was like in my 20s, I just listened to so many men tell me things. And I was like, oh, that sounds kind of smart. And it was from Fight Club, you know, but yeah, for sure. (laughs) My 30s has been but my 30s has been like, oh, that sounds kind of smart. And I'll look and it's like, oh, no, that's actually from Lenin. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So, Well, okay, so I. You know, longtime listeners will know that I uh, have read very little theory. I've read some Kropotkin. I've let, read a little bit of Marx, uh, but that's about it. Um, and I'm just not like I, I can see the value in it, but the way that some leftist okay i'll tell you that my my roommate is and he i don't think he would mind me saying this my roommate is in like a marxist economics grad school program Mm -hmm. and so when he is on zoom i'm just like listening to i'm getting a lot of theory secondhand from his zoom classes (laughs) Some people get COVID from their roommates. You have gotten Marxist theory from your roommate. And I love that. And the thing that bothers me is when people treat Marx and Lenin and Hegel like like their their theory, like conservatives treat the Constitution where it's just like unchangeable and it was perfect when it was written and there is no need for updates. And I just, I think that that's such a useless way to do politics and to do living in a society. Um, So that is really, that's my aversion to theory is that like, yeah, these guys were right about a lot, but they weren't right about everything. Yeah. I mean, you know, I think that like to me, if somebody says they are a Marxist, 
that doesn't mean to me that they like take every word of what Mark said as being the absolute Bible. Um, but, you know, particularly because he, he was writing at, at a certain historical time and in, in which, you know, things have changed, like you know, uh, there wasn't cable news and stuff. You know, some of the things there are things that he didn't account for, which people later on have you know, noted, like Gramsci, for example, with cultural hegemony. But I do think if somebody says that they're a Marxist, like to me, what I hope that means is that they are analyzing history and contemporary events through the lens of dialectical materialism, class struggle, right? Right. But but no, and I, I'm not just talking about people who call themselves Marxists. I'm talking about like, I've had like specific arguments with people where they have like argued that like what Marx wrote about was like certain scenarios Marx wrote about are exactly applicable to the current day, which they are not all, they are not always because he was writing in a different time and it was a completely different economy. Yeah. The thing that I think that Marx might be wrong about, unfortunately, is that, uh, you know, Marx sees communism and socialism as socialism before communism as inevitabilities. <laughs> I'm not sure I feel yeah. like it's an inevitability anymore. I don't know, right? Because he doesn't give a timeline, right? Like he doesn't, he's not like, oh, this will for sure happen, you know, 20 years from now or something. But I mean, it's like, I don't, I don't know. It's, to me, right now, it's easier to imagine us going, like, back through the stages of history to, like, feudal society than it is yeah. to imagine communism. And I don't want to be a bummer, but to me, that, that no, seems I mean, like I mean, that's, the yeah, biggest that thing is, you might be wrong about. I don't know, though. I don't want to believe no, that. No, I think, I think about that a lot because, yeah, Marx presumes that communism will just be one of the the economic phases that the world goes through, just like capitalism or agrarianism or feudalism. And I also, I don't, I don't, I don't personally see it happening, but I, you know, maybe I, yeah, I don't know. I am, I will. Well, I mean, like the reason that he, I was just going to say, I mean, I think the reason that he makes that case of like the inevitability, like it's a reasonable it's a reasonable one to make, right? Because what he's saying is, is that capitalism contains the seed of its own destruction, you know, through this, like, the the inherent tension between the capitalists and the people that are, you know, workers and the just the inherently exploitative relationship that is, that is you know, basically it would be... I mean, it would be reasonable to assume that people would, you know, rise up against that at some point. And they probably will. But I mean, I just have never seen, you know, I mean, it's like we there's just there's just so many weapons that the state has. And there's I mean, I just don't I don't know if I mean, it's just really hard to imagine like someone in history even being able to like think about a surveillance state this comprehensive and powerful and you know i don't know though i I guess what i'm personally like if i want to not be a bummer and like look at things in a more optimistic way what i do think could happen right now is like we've got this wave of labor organizing around the country and i do think that you know through building the power of organized labor and through building you know class consciousness like it's possible i think for the left to get strong enough that you know these uh bougie idiots feel like they have to <laughs> like the pelosi's of the world feel and you know the elons of the world feel like they have to make some concessions mm -hmm. before total chaos that's kind of what the new deal was in in some ways i mean there was like the communists were large in number and there was you know an actual sort of threat in people's minds and that's the reason uh you know of of other reasons but that's one main reason that people were able to win so many actually like 
you know, material concessions. So I don't know, but it's, uh, <laughs> it can be do you like, think about. Do you self-identify as a communist? I think so. I mean, I don't know, right? Because like, so, you know. Because I, I don't. I, I self-identify as a socialist, but I'm, I, and I know that the differences are slight, but to me they're significant. Well, so, you know, here's how I think about it. Like, communism is a stateless, classless, moneyless, moneyless society. And that is, I mean, that's what I would wish for, right? Like, that's my version of utopia, you know? Um, but... Well, is it stateless, though? Because communism is the the state controlling... That's all- socialism, actually. It's so like the Uni- the USSR, the Soviet Socialist Republic. So socialism is the it, socialism is the stage before communism. Social, yeah. Well, the, the way I always understood it was that all the economic under communism, all the economic resources are owned and controlled by the state, and under socialism, um, they're all kind of equally allocated by a democratically elected government. I think that you're talking about. I don't know, but it sounds like that sounds like democratic socialism. So communism is like communism is the the last stage. It's like the no, last I know, stage of, I know yeah. that, I know that, but I, I don't. I thought of, I think of a stateless society, stateless, moneyless society as anarcho communism. It, it's both. Both would be that that would both be true. So anarchists. Think and I don't know as much about anarchist thought as, but for, as I understand it, basically, and I, some of our anarchist listeners like write in if I'm getting this wrong. But you know, anarchists think that we can go right there, that we could, you know, have a stateless, classless, moneyless society without having to pass through the stage of socialism, where there is like a, a socialist state and a party, um, and basically that you know that we don't actually i mean i think that i think that anarchists have like a a phase of like a dictatorship of the proletariat for you know like where there is a state i think i don't know i just don't know as much about anarchist thought but i as i understand it um it's basically like anarchists don't think that we have to pass through that stage of socialism where there still is a state yeah, maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. Everything I've ever read about communism involves like a strong like involves like state control of of everything whereas socialism is like you can you can still own private property but all the means of generating wealth are shared equally. You can still own personal property in communism. Just not private property as no, I, know, I said I said yeah. private property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what the, I would just mean like just to for people that because to me, I had this question, too. Like, basically, I think one thing that like one really common misconception people have is like that, you know, you wouldn't be able to like in a communist society, like have stuff that was just yours, like at all. Mm-hmm. No, you just can't have stuff that you're like the the point of it is to make a profit you know but like stuff for your own use you can have yeah so you know i think that i mean marx outlines the stuff i think you know also like lenin's a, a good guy to read to sort of understand how these these two thought about it but you know i mean like to me the point of saying that like i'm a communist I don't think that there's ever going to be like communism in my lifetime. I will never see it. Like, I just, you know, like, even if there was, I mean, <laughs> even if there was like, and this is just absolutely not going to happen, nor do I think it's a good idea for it to happen. There's just absolutely not going to be like a, a socialist revolution tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But like, even if there was, I still don't think that we would make it to stateless, classless, moneyless society before I die. It's more just that that would be like the ideal way that like for me, that would be like the ideal way um, that I would think that human beings could 
um, I don't know, thrive in relating to each other. So that's why I would say that. Yeah. But, you know, I also think that, like, insofar as, like, you know, distinctions about, like, people make on the left or whatever, like, it doesn't, I, like, I think it's good to know what your utopia is, but it also, like, doesn't matter that much right now. Like, I think that somebody who is, like, you know, a democratic socialist and DSA may share a lot of goals with somebody who is, like, a an anarchist who lives in a co-op, you know? Yeah, I think it's interesting. The Because I was actually talking to my boyfriend's dad about this when I was in Canada, and he's like a big history guy. And there, and he was talking about the point in history where communists and socialists kind of like really diverged. Um, so because, yeah, this is a distinction that I think, I think a lot of people use communism and socialism interchangeably and they are. Yeah, I mean, everything that we've ever seen basically, you know, in like in examples of like countries doing, you know, socialism, I it is it's all been socialism so far. Somebody's gonna write in with like some example. I'm not I'm not talking about like, you know, pre agrarian, like primitive communism, but I think like I mean, yeah, like, no, it's all been it's all been socialism. It's there all has been, been yeah. yeah, no, totally. Um Yeah. But anyways, that's uh that's my two cents. Yeah, we should get someone it. to come on who is like actually has read a lot about this stuff and can explain it to us fully. So I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm definitely like, you know, our current political reality just has has a long way to to go from anything that would look like you know what we were, and we were going to talk about some other stuff in a different order. But I think that this is actually a perfect time to talk about the um, the worker organizing that has been going on in the U.S. Okay, cool. Great. Um, so as we all know, and we, we celebrated a few weeks ago, um, the first, uh, Amazon warehouse unionizing. And since then the ALU has been contacted, uh, Amazon labor union has been contacted by over 100 Amazon warehouses who are interested in also possibly joining the union, holding union elections. Um, super fucking exciting and chris smalls uh who is the you know the the head of of the alu he was uh as we talked about him a few weeks ago he was really unceremoniously fired by amazon uh or rather ceremoniously fired (laughs) by amazon um and um you know to kind of try to make an example out of him and so he uh he took he took that fire and he uh, forged it into the Amazon labor union. Uh, he was on Tucker Carlson tonight, uh, last night, I believe. Should I play the clip? Let's play the clip. The worker, she's like a modern wobbly. She's the Walter Ruther of our day. And that's why last year she about to stand alongside striking workers at Amazon Staten Island Warehouse. And we're for that because they need the help. But at the last minute, Cindy Cortez bailed on the whole thing. And that infuriated labor organizers who just want a big vote to unionize at the Staten Island facility. Now, Amazon is stepping up its effort to crush the union. Amazon has just banned words like union on its employee chat app. Christian Smalls is a union leader at Amazon, and we're happy to have him join us now. Christian, thanks so much for coming on. Um, So were you surprised that Sandy Cortez... Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, who has said repeatedly that she's on the side of the worker against the corporation, wasn't standing with you at the barricades. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it wasn't just her. It was uh, all of them, pretty much. You know, it's yeah, not fair. You know, um, yeah, I don't want it to make it just be- between us and AOC, because, uh, you know, a lot of them didn't show up. And, um, you know, once again, we we have no ill will against them. We We know that whether they showed showed up or not, they didn't make or break our election. We just had to continue to organize. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it, it's a weird moment because, I mean, I'm on the right. I've never been particularly pro-union, but it does seem like Amazon needs some counterbalance. Like, it's this huge company. The workers have no power, and maybe we could 
I don't know, share a little power with the people who work there. So uh, that's my view anyway. So t tell us where you are in your organizing efforts. Well, right now, you know, we're fighting for a contract. Um, you know, Amazon's disputing the election re results. Um, so we're, we're in a uh, walking and chewing bubblegum at the same time. We're fighting for a contract. We're preparing for another election in two weeks on April 25th. We're going to be voting at a second location directly across the building that we just unionized. So um, we're, we're in the thick of a fight right now, you know, a legal battle. And, um, you know, we just have to stay grounded and uh, pretty much uh, begin our campaign all over again. Okay, there were some reactions to Chris Mall going on um, on Tucker Carlson tonight that he shouldn't have or something like that because Tucker Carlson is a bigot. Yeah, you think Chris Smalls doesn't know that Tucker Carlson is a bigot and he is like the conservative loon of choice at Fox. Um, of course he knows that. But Tucker Carlson gets like 4 million viewers a night. And it's mostly people who wouldn't otherwise be reached by some like, how else are you supposed to I, I really don't have. I mean, I would go on Fox News and fucking just roll up my sleeves and beat the shit out of whatever blonde they throw at me. Um, I, I think it's it's so silly. Like, I, I understand, like, someone was saying that him going on Tucker Carlson's show gives it, like, unearned legitimacy. No, it doesn't. He's using it as a tool. And also, I thought he did a great job of, like, because obviously Fox News hates AOC so much, and they want to make every story about AOC in some way. And I think Chris Malls did a great job of, like, not really taking the bait and making everything very union-centric. Because it puts... I don't know. I, I just... I, I think it's I think it's great, and I I think Tucker Carlson even saying I'm a, like I'm not necessarily pro union, but there has to be some sort of balance. Like that's giving a lot of legitimacy to right wing people to um like to the idea of unions. So I think it's a win front to back. I I think I honestly think that more. I think like more lefties should go on Fox News and fucking just do discourse. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm 100% with you there. And this is the thing that I don't even really think it's particularly rational to disagree with. I mean, liberals love to pearl clutch about, you know, oh, how could people go on Fox News? Well, it depends on what you say on Fox News, right? Like, you know, I mean, if you, I mean, Glenn Greenwald is the example that people give a lot. I don't, I don't even know. Is it fair to say Glenn Greenwald is not on the left at no. this point? I mean, but, yes, it is fair to say that. Yeah. yeah, but I mean, it's you know, like if you go on, like if you go on Fox News and you know all you do is just say that you know Democrats suck. You know, yeah, they do, but I mean, like. Obviously, you have to understand that, you know, the people who are watching Fox News think that the alternative, like the, the better choice is, you know, Republicans, which is so, you know, it just depends on what you say. But right. to me, this is it's great that he went on. It's great that Bernie went on. I mean, I, you know, I, I didn't have a problem with Bernie going on Joe Rogan. There was a guy uh we, refer we reference bernie on joe rogan maybe once an episode <laughs> yeah well there was an, there was another leftist ben burgess who went on joe rogan recently and look i don't have a problem with that either like i think that if you're gonna go on like a more right-wing platform as long as the shit that you're saying is good then that's a good thing you know who's actually very good at it and you know and again centrists like love to pearl clutch about as you said about this about going on fox news but do you know who's very effective at dem at like defending and uh promoting democratic legislation on fox news fucking pete Buttigieg. pete Buttigieg, your centrist king he is he look i mean he looks so far left on fox news or whatever but he is very good at I'll, I'll I'll give credit where credit is due. It's like all the all the reasons why he was so bad in the Democratic primary because he was like doing that smug 
thing to like defend centrist bullshit. Like he's using that smugness for a more positive purpose against Republicans. Okay, speaking of centrists who <laughs> did you see the did you see the gay guy who's running against Lauren Bobert? And I'm not trying to Okay, I can, I need to show you this ad. This is incredible. This was an incredible an incredible reply guy. And I said the gay guy because this is you know, that is exactly what he's talking about here. I love when people are like, you have a moderate policy, you lost my vote. Oh, what vote was that? Was that the vote you were gonna give to some Bernie wannabe whose overkill policies are unpopular with 75% of voters just so you could feel good about yourself until they lose the general election, at which point you'll point your finger and blame someone else? That vote? Oh, honey, your vote got lost a long time ago. Democrats need to wake up. Jesus, in order to legislate, we have to win. Go to walkerforcolorado.com and stop complaining. Yuck. <laughs> no. Did you see why it's fair for me to describe him as a gay Democrat? That is not really, no. not really any other way to describe that. It's, it's very like, relevant. Why? Oh, my God. I... <sighs> He's really, oh, I hate this shit. I hate when people like misrepresent those numbers of like what gen what voters support because that is a misrepresentation. A lot of Bernie's policies are popular with the majority of left and right voters. Um, so, wow. And you know what? I really think that that guy, so obviously people judge is so boring. And yeah, that guy and does. probably... A sociopathic. I know. Pete specifically. Actually, Klobuchar is also a sociopathic. Oh, but I mean, yeah, but yeah, like for sure. Because she yeah. like fully abused her staffers. Um, yeah. But <laughs> that guy's brand of gay. And Kate and I can say this because Kate and I are both varying degrees of gay. Um, <laughs> but um, he, we could, I mean, imagine what we could we could really use someone like him on the left on the far like i mean and there are a lot of but like someone who has that like a really good big personality like that um we definitely have those people in dsa in fact there are so many times i was thinking about this the other day there's so many times where i see someone out and about who's like a visibly queer man or woman or non-binary person um and i am like stumped i'm like did i meet you in dsa <laughs> i just assume that every visibly queer person in brooklyn i have met through dsa and i'm probably more right than i am wrong um but yeah that guy's a bummer i ew that stop complaining that's like the a, a much more patronizing version somehow of don't boo vote like fuck off man give us anything yeah yeah that i, I watched that and i'm like if i was in her district would i vote for lauren bogart no <laughs> this man only has like two thousand twitter followers he's not a. I know and she i mean you it's know, like she's like she is like a celebrity in the guns rights activism world you know uh i just she has all of she has like all the money in the world behind her i it's gonna be good uh good luck to him that's all is i have she to the say one that had a restaurant that gave people food poisoning or was that someone else i don't know if that was her i do she's a QAnon. yeah i think there lady. was i i think it might be her there was one of these like QAnon type candidates that had a restaurant that gave like hundreds of people diarrhea or something <laughs> it's so ins it's so just i mean it's just, it's so insane that we that we like have members of congress who are who are QAnon believers like we we have to like identify like, oh she's the QAnon one she's one of the QAnon ones right yeah yeah we have a a visible contingent of our republican congress who believe a full-blown conspiracy theory Adherence, you know, adherence to a full-blown conspiracy theory. It's really sick and really strange. Um, I did want to say one thing, though, when you're reminding me, because I've been thinking about my own gayness specifically recently. 
And I was thinking about, like, a lot of the rhetoric that we're seeing now towards, you know, the transphobic rhetoric in some ways kind of mirrors, like, this 90s rhetoric and stuff. It is. Yeah, so I've been thinking about also how people would say, like, back in the 90s or even early 2000s, like, oh, you know, if we allow gay marriage, what's next? Marry your dog? But, so then I started thinking about it, and I'm like, honestly... If I could have, like, a giant party where all of my friends and family would come celebrate my love for Albert and Pearl, mm-hmm. I think it would be one of the greatest days of my life. I would go. <laughs> I'd, I'd be the first one there. Yeah. <laughs> just, like, get, like a, like, a table full of, like, little cat shelves and shit, like... I don't know. Obviously, I'm not going to have a romantic relationship with my pets, but if if I were allowed to have you know, an event that people felt socially obligated to come to where everybody would come celebrate how much me and my little guys love each other. That would be, I would, I would 100% do it. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I would, I, I support you in whatever you do. Um, but okay. So on the backs of the Amazon union stuff, which is all very exciting, Starbucks is unionizing like crazy i mean in terms of and this is comparative of course but in comparatively to the last 40 years or 50 years of union stagnation and decline this is explosive uh so 20 starbucks uh stores have unionized since the one in uh the, the one in buffalo became the first or um and that includes there were two just in in my in my hometown two in my hometown in boston uh in the past week um pittsburgh eugene oregon springfield virginia um among others it's so exciting and 220 starbucks stores have sought elections um union elections with more added every day um so this is just like a huge this is a huge thing this is a huge moment i gotta say i would be way more inclined to go to starbucks if it was unionized it would take a lot to get you away from duncan i mean and i never will i'll never go away from duncan but i would maybe if you know if it's if it's the only game in town i'll go to a starbucks if it's union really want you to become a salt for the Dunkin' Donuts unionization movement. Oh my god, yeah. Actually, <laughs> actually, that's like really that's a really interesting idea, Kate. I'll have to give that some thought. So, another thing with Starbucks is um, so this week, Howard Schultz, um, almost our Secretary of Labor under Hillary Clinton, as you pointed out. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're going to give, they're talking about giving more benefits, like a- additional benefits than they have now to the non-union workers. And they're framing it as like, you don't oh, need well. the union. Yeah, you don't need the union, but also... You know, the union is holding you back because we have to go through this whole, like, contract negotiation with them. You know, and now the union's in charge. But that's really dumb. You know, it's not, you know, we want to get, if the offer really is just like, oh, hey, we want to give you some additional benefits. The union doesn't say no to that. Exactly. And also, you know, Howard Schultz is the, yeah, he's the CEO of Starbucks, the on again, off again CEO of Starbucks. And I mean, a lot of people have pointed out, would any of these additional benefits to non-union workers even be on the fucking table if unionization were not sweeping the nation? Come on. Yeah, man. It's so disgusting how far these companies will go to try to prevent unionization did you see that woman who was 19 and lives in arizona and she was fired for trying to organize her starbucks and there was yes her, yes yeah there yeah. was just she's, a video she's been she's been tweeting up a storm yeah there was just this video of management just 
I mean, just being straight up abusive to her and she taped it, which is legal in Arizona to have it's one way consent for recording. But, oh man, it's just, you gotta, like for, you know, the CEOs, like I understand why they're, I, I mean, I understand why they don't want to unionize, but to me, there's just like, absolutely, there's just nothing more pathetic than like the manager who makes two more dollars an hour trying to yeah like hobble the union effort like that's just so pathetic in my opinion totally so you don't even get that much out of it to fuck over people like that you know? I know i yeah i mean it's uh i'm i'm excited to see what's coming down the pike because i i am i think the labor movement has been a bright spot in an otherwise uh, dystopian hellscape uh in terms of social issues um it remind you know you remind last week there um i was doing some research on a different story and i saw there's a woman um a, t- a teacher in texas who was put on administrative leave last fall for refusing to take down rainbow stickers on her classroom door uh indicating that it was like an lgbt safe space and she i think she's an uh i think she's a member of the lgbt community herself um but yeah she was asked to she was she's okay she's she was head of like the gay straight alliance at their school uh the or the faculty advisor to the gay straight alliance and she was also um the like she um, was the faculty who advised the school newspaper. And so she kind of like encouraged the kids on the newspaper to investigate why there were all these crackdowns of like any visible support for gay students. Um, And then she was placed on administrative leave. And so she, there's a good chance that she will be like completely fired um and everything does feel like it's going backwards like have even like not refusing to take down rainbow stickers on your classroom door and that being a punishable offense by the administration is um by a school administration is absolutely draconian and i mean yeah i i just think everything there's just such a palpable cultural backlash happening right now. Um, you know, the don't say gay bill, all of the abortion bans uh, coming through at the state level, um, you know, the anti-trans legislation. It's all feeling very like Weimar 1929. And I hate when people make undue comparisons to anything involving the Second World War and Nazis. But I mean, it's... The analogy tracks. It's like it's every every inch of cultural progress we've made. They want to roll back. There was also, I think, I saw a story uh, that there is a state currently weighing giving gay marriages a lesser classification than yeah, straight that's marriages. Um, it's all, and that's why you know it. They're they're coming for it. They're coming for all of it. The right is coming for all of it. Like, uh, but in in terms of the abortion bans, that's really what's been super fucking scary and upsetting. Um, so of course we know that Texas has a statewide abortion ban, um, criminalizing abortion, criminal criminalizing aiding the uh you know the obtaining of an abortion in any way um and we've seen similar bills passed in missouri kentucky oklahoma florida florida just Um, happened bans abortion after 15 weeks um which that one is like (laughs) i mean 15 that's like the most lenient one yeah yeah, I mean, these bills don't include exceptions for rape and incest, right. mostly, which is just absolutely disgusting. It's so, I mean, because if you think about it, okay, let's say you're in, you live in Kentucky, 
and you're, you know, a 23-year-old woman who has been to, you know, has friends, you know, you live on your own. Yeah, maybe, you know, even if you don't have a lot of money, perhaps you could, you know, get some help from the people around you, you know, other, other friends that you know, or one of these like abortion funds. I'm not saying it's easy, but it's conceivable. But if you're a 14 year old who is pregnant because your dad sexually assaulted mm-hmm. you, you're, you can't, you're not going to be able to get your own money and leave the state. You're going right. to be having that baby unless right. it's just absolutely disgusting. And again, I've, I said this on last week's episode, people think, you know, people hear that example and think that that doesn't happen. I fucking dare you to look up the statistics about that because it absolutely does. Um, and with shocking frequency. Um, so yeah. And you know, all of this is in the run up to the the biggest challenge to Roe at the Supreme Court level um, that's basically, I think Roe is dead. I think so too. Um, I think but- that's why all these that's why all these states are passing these uh, these pieces of legislation that directly fly in the face of Roe because they know that Roe's going to be overturned this summer. And they have, um, you know, the Republicans have the numbers. My my boyfriend and I were uh, were talking about this and he was like yeah but a lot of the Republicans have publicly said that they that they would treat Roe as precedent and I was like I don't give a shit what they the, what they've publicly said or what they said during their fucking confirmation hearings because they lie obviously and all most all of them were hand all the Republican justices were handpicked by the Heritage Foundation and a big prerequisite for being picked by the Heritage Foundation is unequivocal support for overturning Roe. Yeah, I mean, I keep seeing all these tweets about like, and I think well-intentioned, but this idea, nobody wants to have an abortion. No, there's a lot of people who want to have an abortion. <laughs> like, if you don't want, if you are pregnant and you don't want to have a child... There's a very good chance you want to have an abortion, yeah. you know? Um, and even if it's just so, I mean, even if there's no, like, tragic reason, just other than, you know, you don't want to go through with pregnancy, birth, and potentially raising a child for 18 plus years. That's, a, I mean, to me, that's the huge commitment. That's the thing that you really got to think about opting into right like yeah if for any reason you cannot bring a child into this world or you just even don't want to like it's fine to just not want to have kids right you know yeah i just yeah i mean i think that that's been the harm of the and i i understand where it was coming from at the time but the whole like safe legal and rare thing was really i think that the rhetoric I mean, that rhetoric is really antiquated for a reason. I think the the, the more modern rhetoric of, like, abortion on demand now is uh, a lot more of the moment, and it's a lot more realistic in terms of the goal that we're trying to achieve. Um, but I'm feeling... It's, it's what's... I'm sorry that we have to end on a... <clears throat> Um, we, we, you know, I, I don't even know if I can, if I can fucking talk about Elon Musk right now. We were going to talk about Elon buying Twitter. I don't, <laughs> he sucks. I'm too, I'm too upset. I, I can't bring Elon. I can't talk about him. I, he makes me so mad, but, um, I, will I leave Twitter if Elon buys it? Probably not. But I want to, if that happens, because he will make it worse. There is no question um, but yeah, the abortion stuff really, uh, really upsets me, really upsets a lot of us. And I don't think it's going to be, unfortunately for people who still believe that it's going to be saved or there's going to be some 11th hour thing, I, it's not going to be until it's overturned. It's going to be just like the 2016 election. People aren't going to believe it until it happens. So I think that there's people who 
I mean, I I definitely agree with you that that is happening, and, and to a very 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 large extent has has already happened. I think that you know there's some well-meaning people who think, all right, you know, this will probably be okay because you'll just be able to go to another state to get an abortion. First of all, that's not always, you know, that's just that's not always possible. It's I mean, like it's it's hard to get an abortion appointment. There's not that many providers um, travel. It's not that it's not, you know, it's it's not that it's not it's not that it's not always possible. It's very rarely possible for most people. And if you think and that the states are not going to try to criminalize that, too, you're out of your fucking mind. Yeah, no, some already have. And there was, you know, so probably the best option if you are in early pregnancy. And if you haven't listened to our episode with Liz Winstead, I highly recommend going back and listening to that because she gives a a really comprehensive overview of the abortion pill, you know, how to get it, what to do. But, you know, just to kind of mention briefly, the abortion pill is a good option for many people Mm -hmm. in early pregnancy. But... You know, we're just going to start to see states cracking down on that more and more. There was a woman last week. I can't remember if we talked about this or not, but she had to go to the hospital after taking the abortion pill, which is pretty rare, but, you know, it does sometimes happen. The same is like with a miscarriage. Basically, it induces a miscarriage. Sometimes people have to go to the hospital for a miscarriage. But, you know, she was thrown in jail with a $500,000 bail. Yeah, it was in from, Texas. And charged with murder. And there was such an uproar about it that she got out. But we're just going to start to see this kind of stuff more and more and more and more. So, yeah, absolutely. And there is, you know, I was reading that there is no way to, especially in earlier pregnancy, there's no way to tell if you orally take the an abortion pill, there is no way to differentiate it from a regular miscarriage. Yes. Uh, which is you know, good news for a lot of people in this, in states where um, the abortion laws are becoming more dictatorial. But if so, you can't tell anyone either, because if anyone narks on you, then you can still get in trouble. Oh, yeah. No, of course. But like, I, I don't think I, I think if I was pregnant in Texas, and I wanted an abortion, or I thought even that I might, I don't think I would even tell my own husband that I was pregnant. If I was, I, I don't think, I, I don't think I would just because it's like, if anyone finds out that you had an abortion, you are, can face like severe criminal penalties. And it's so, just and a so nightmare. Can they. Yeah. So can the, oh, the provider? No. Well, so can the provider. And also if anybody knows about it, if anybody like, yeah say your husband in texas or whatever knew about it and like i'm never having a husband in texas don't worry this is entirely a hypothetical (laughs) obviously it's a hypothetical none of us are ever gonna have husbands in texas um but say that your texas husband supported you getting an abortion supporting you taking the pill um and having a, a medically induced abortion if it were found out he would also be on the hook as well for like not turning you in it's talk about fucking surveillance state it's uh really upsetting and this is why i can't talk about elon because i'll get even more upset and i hate him so much i don't think elon i'll say one thing about this i don't i don't think he's gonna end up like buying Twitter, one, because the current shareholders are doing this scheme to basically give him less of a share by selling off more shares or adding more shares. I don't know how it works. I'm not, but they are doing this. They're trying to prevent it. But I also think that this is likely just a scheme for Elon to make money by raising the stock prices a lot and buying much stock, Mm -hmm. buying much stock, raising those stock prices and because people are like, oh, Elon's going to run in there buying, buying stock. And then, and I then he's going to sell. Just, yeah. yeah, exactly. Well, I think that's what's going to happen. Um, well, I hope he rots in hell. And he's a very bad man. On that yeah. note, uh, <laughs> let's end it there. 
Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you uh, to everyone who subscribes to our Patreon and who rates and reviews us on Apple Podcasts. Please continue to do so. I love the reviews. I loved the review where someone said that they also didn't know what based meant. Um, uh, I had to have our guest Ellery Smith tell me what based means. You didn't know what ba- you spend that much time online and you don't know what based means. No, I've seen it around. I just never looked it up. Okay, that is that has been that's internet parlance. Yeah, and it's also <laughs> one of those things that like. It's also one of those words that you, you can't even use context clues a lot of the time to know what it means. So, yeah. whatever. Anyways, I'm cool. I do kickflips and slam dunks. Um, over and out. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening to the show. And we will be back soon. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to Reply Guys. If you like the show, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and subscribe to our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash reply guys, where we have a catalog of over 25 bonus interviews with renowned writers, journalists, and comedians with an additional episode uploaded each week. The show is hosted by Kate Willett and me, Julia Clare. Our producer is Genevieve Garrity. Our theme song was performed by Emily Framgen, who wrote the song with Kate Willett. Our artwork is by Adrian Lobel. If you want to find us on Twitter, we're at Kate Willett with two L's and two T's. And I'm at O Julia Tweets, O-H Julia Tweets. And Twitter is where you can, of course, also find our reply guys. They're always with us. Bernie, take us out. Walking that ribbon of highway, I saw above me that endless skyway. I saw below me that golden valley. This land was made for you and me. This land is your land. This land is mine.